such an honor for us to have him with us tonight and as well as last week and uh, to just uh, teach us and help us on some principles maybe not so much some maybe uh, you already know others you remind you of others it may, may be a new thing for us right uh, but when we put them all together we can be what God wants us to be and uh, would you just welcome him again tonight thank you pastor uh, I don't have the handouts right now when I get ready oh you, you two the guy you're the men huh okay well, it's a blessing and honor for me to be here again. I'd like to uh, kind of tell you what we're going to do here the next hour or so. Uh, first of all, uh, I have my brother here with me, Chuck. Uh, uh, normally, uh, he would have been here last week to end the first module after uh, we uh, had the stewardship of our culture. Uh, he normally sings God Bless America. So he's here tonight to sing that for us. After we have a brief review of uh, our questions and answers on last week, you know, last week we went into the uh, 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 the six modules of uh, biblical stewardship, and uh, so I just like to throw it open to the floor right now. Does anybody have any questions from last night? I mean, last time I was here on the uh, the uh, biblical stewardship, the six modules, the foundational investing debt uh, uh, the last one has been a good steward of our culture uh, estate planning Does anybody have any questions or comments from last week yes Josh's question is, uh, uh, what happens when you do it God's way and you don't invest in companies that promote or support abortion pornography? What effect does this have on the rate of return? And the questions that he just asked me was the question that I asked before I made the decision to, to do that. And when I would ask the, the, the guy from the Timothy plan who has the mutual funds which are clean, when I would ask him that question, I'll tell you, I'm going to answer your question, but first I'm going to give you the answer that he gave me. And uh, he would say, uh, well, John, let me ask you a question. I said, yeah. He said, whose money is it anyway? And I said, it's God's money. So well, now let me ask you another question. When Jesus comes back and, uh, and you stand before him on the judgment seat and he asks you what you did with his money, do you think he's going to ask you what the rate of return was or whether you were using his money to support killing babies? And I said, okay, you got me, but I still want to know. And so now I'm going to answer your question. Uh, I have met on the Timothy Plan mutual funds, which are all screen clean, uh, no abortion, pornography, no married lifestyle. I have personally met each one of the mutual fund managers. These are the guys who manage the accounts. These guys also manage accounts for the bigger uh, 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 mutual fund companies. The only difference is that Timothy gives these same fund managers that 
that manage for larger companies, they give them a list of 500 companies that they can't invest in. And so what they do is, like if they wanted to uh, invest a certain portion of the portfolio in banks, and Citibank came up as not passing the screens, they would just go to another bank like BB&T, who does? And so they asked, well, what effect does it have on the rate of return? And, and every one of them said, essentially nothing. In fact, it might be a little bit better. Because one of the, one of the uh, uh, investments that, you know, if you remember back in 2008, that we didn't invest in was Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac. And look what happened to them. We didn't invest in them, so we weren't there when they went down. So, does that answer your question? Other questions? Yes. Here we go. Yes. That was, uh, uh, in the, in the way I answered that question is, yes, it, you, you're most certainly right. It, back in those days, in, in the communities they lived in, you know, where they had to produce the income, they did it from the land. And so the inheritance was giving them the land so that they could produce an income. That, that was the whole deal, to help the kids be able to produce an income. In our, in our society today, we help our kids produce the income by making sure they go up through... Uh, proper education and things like this so that when they're ready to have their families that they can provide for their incomes. Does that answer the question? Yeah. There's a question here. Yes. Here's a, yeah, her question is, how do we know which companies to invest in? And uh, the answer is that I have, as, as, a, uh, as a registered uh, uh, investment advisor or registered representative, I have an access to a computer program which answers that exact question. Like if you, you tell me, well, I want to invest in uh, Ford, Ford Motor Company. Does it pass the screens? So I put Ford Motors companies in, and it, it tells you not only that it doesn't pass the screens, but it also tells you why they don't, which ones they violate over abortion, pornography, non-married lifestyle, and a family entertainment, alcohol, tobacco, gambling, and now rights. I just did a uh, – get me back on track. I just did a, a screen for a pastor today who was in, and I screened his, uh, his denomination's uh, uh, portfolio. His denomination's portfolio in one of their mutual funds invests in a company that uh, does business in nations who persecute Christians. So that's the kind of things that we're able to find out now just because we have, uh, we have a uh, business that's called the evaluator. That's all they do. They evaluate companies and mutual funds. 
Now, when it comes to, uh, and like I showed uh, him today, I looked up for, I just looked up for uh, Toyota, because I have a Toyota product, and, and if I have to buy another car, well, I'll buy another Toyota, so I just looked up Toyota, and they, uh, among other things, they uh, violate the terrorist, uh, uh, the, the terrorist thing, because they uh, uh, deal with the uh, company, I mean, the nation of Burma, whose their their practices are to persecute Christians and other things. So, but I wanted to tell you that story to say there, there's also a place that I can push which says what car companies do screen clean. So you go in and find the Audi does, Nissan does, and I forget the other ones, but there's not very many. And none of the U.S. automobile dealers screen clean. No. Well, you know, it's, they are what they are, and you have to deal with them way, the way you can. And, and uh, uh, one of the ways that it's easy for me to draw the line where I invest God's money. Now, when it comes to what kind of an automobile you're going to buy with God's money, uh, there may be some other factors. But as far as the investments go, it's kind of like, it's me. for me, it's easy to do. It's easy to recommend. When it comes into <clears throat> to what you buy or where you shop, you know, whether it's Walmart or whether it's Kroger's, and, you know, it's, some people don't like to go in establishments that even serve alcohol, so they won't do it. That's fine. But when it comes to investments, you know, it's pretty clear-cut. We can, we can let you know. Yeah, you can call me on the phone and say, hey, you know, I, how about such-and-such company? And I can get on my computer, and within 30 seconds I can tell you. Other questions from last week? Okay, the last module we did was, uh, last week was on our culture. And uh, we were going into the cultural commission to be, to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth, and had dominion over the earth, and went into the examples of uh, uh, Moses and Ezekiel and Daniel and uh, then uh, Alexander Solonovsky's uh, uh, papers he'd written on why, why the Russian Empire failed. And at the end, we said our prayer is that uh, it won't be the epithet for America that the reason that things are, are happening to America is because we've forgotten God. And uh, as a nation, we're getting there. Now, we have pockets that haven't forgotten God. But when you look at, uh, my opinion, when you look at our leadership in government, they've forgotten God. And it's our job to elect godly leaders. That's what we're called to do. So uh, with that, I'm going to ask my brother to uh, sing for us. Any other questions?
because we're going to conclude this and then we'll go into tonight's presentation. I'll give a personal testimony because I've had my money and uh, with my brother ever since he opened up. All I do is just sit back and not worry about it <laughs> because it'll take care of itself in, in, in God's time. to a PowerPoint presentation. At the end of the presentation, I have handouts for all of you. I don't want to give you your handouts now because I want you to watch up here. But So you won't have to take notes. Everything that uh, uh, I'm going to say will we'll have a handout for you. So uh, here we are. Your personal economy, seven steps to your own financial plan. Last week we talked about uh, uh, being a good steward. Tonight, we're going to give you specific steps to take to be a good steward. So, uh, and it'll be seven steps to your own financial plan. 
okay? The agenda. First, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about Horizon Financial Solutions. I did that a little bit last week uh, between the pastor and me. Uh, financial Jeopardy, we're not going to do that. My son normally gives this presentation, and he's out of town. So why should you care? And your seven steps to your own financial plan and the B word, and then we're going to wrap up. Anybody have any uh, idea what the B word is? I'm going to tell you what it is later on. But anybody have any idea what the B word is when it comes to your seven steps of financial planning? I think I heard it back there. What did somebody say? Budget. You're exactly right. In fact, uh, my first handout is going to be taking inventory. Everybody's going to get a budget, a way to, 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 to tell what you've got, to put it down on paper, because without the, and we're doing this last, without the budget, you're not going to make it through the seven steps. You just can't do it. You've got to have a budget. Nine out of ten don't. Anybody in here got a budget? There's one. There's two. There's three. How many people got here? 30? You're all about average. But after you leave here tonight, Pastor, when they come back next week, they'll be above average. Okay? Okay, and then we're going to wrap up. A little bit about us. We're a local firm offering financial planning. We specialize in pro-life, pro-family, biblical responsible investments. We focus on individual client needs and our personal service. Okay, why well, care about financial planning? 50% of all marriages end in divorce, and guess what the most cited cause is? Money, 80%. The average American family devotes one-fourth of its spendable income to outstanding debts. So we want to get out of debt. The IRS calculates the average filer spends 10 times more money paying off interest than giving to charitable causes. So you want to know why the Christian faith is in, the, in, the, in our nation is not as good as it could be? According to NBC News, only 3% of U.S. citizens are saving in any type of an IRA. The American Credit Counselors Corporation estimated the average American credit card holder owes over $20,000 to credit card companies. And 70% of all consumers live paycheck to paycheck with little or no savings accounts. Uh, let's stop here for a second. I had a, uh, uh, it's kind of like last in, first out. I had a person in, in the office today who came in for some some, for some personal uh, counseling and and uh, we sat down there and we did his budget right then and there and uh, he is making it he's not in debt his uh, income uh, is slightly meaning about $50 a month more than his outgo 
that he needs to fix up his house. It's fallen down around his ears, and uh, he does have an emergency account, so he was going to use the money out of his emergency account to fix up his house. And he is... Uh, he lost his job when he was 55. He's 62. No, he's 65 now. He hasn't worked in 10 years. So I strongly encouraged him to go back to work, to find a part-time job, and use the money from his part-time job to do what work he needs to get done on his house. Because when that emergency fund's gone and emergency comes up, he has one option credit cards or to go to work. So he left the office not only with uh, uh, marching orders to find a job. I mean, I can tell these people that because that's my job. Your pastor may have a little bit of trouble telling you, you need to go get a job. I don't have any trouble telling people, you need to go get a job. And I even told him the name of a company that's always hiring people. They can't find enough people. It's a security company in Cross Lanes, always looking for people, part-time, full-time. So not only did he leave with marching orders, and I told him where the office was and gave him the phone number. So I don't know how I got off on that, but why care? The plans of a diligent leads to, uh, to profit as sure as haste leads to poverty. Poverty, Proverbs 21.5. So we need a plan. And that's what you're going to have here tonight. These seven steps are going to give you a plan. Everything that you see up on the screen, you're going to take home with you. Okay. Just like your grandparents would say, live on less than you make, save money, and don't go into debt. Here's some great online uh, resources. How many people in, in, in here go online and look stuff up? Either you Google or, you know, all that kind of stuff. You all, most everybody does that. Well, here's two great sources. Dave Ramsey, he's on the radio now uh, here in Charleston in, on 580 from 7 to 9 o'clock, I think, every night. And uh, Master Your Money with Ron Blue. So there's some great online uh, uh, sources that you can get to. Okay, now let's go down to step one. Step one is an emergency fund. That's $1,500, your first step in, uh, uh, I'm sorry I got my back to you guys over there, but it's, it's kind of tough. All right. Uh, $1,500 in an emergency fund. Uh, keep in a liquid account like a bank savings account. It's for those unexpected events. I'll tell you what, what well. We all have, when you, when you get an emergency fund and you get it established, what you and your spouse need to do is sit down and define what an emergency is. Because uh, as time goes on, uh, and other people, children need money, someone else needs money, you know, and there's a lot of parents that are real good givers when they don't have it to give. So... Uh, Establish your emergency fund and, and define what an emergency is like. My washer and dryer went out. you got to wash clothes. That's an emergency. Uh, my tire blew out on my car. i got to get another tire. That's an emergency. And so you kind of get it. But the thing is, you and your spouse have to 
have to come to agreement upon what an emergency is. So when this item comes up, it's going to take from that. You're both in agreement on it. It's for those unexpected events. It allows you to use cash rather than a credit card. And uh, it's uh, small and costly emergencies are a fact of life. They are just going to happen. So your first step is to be prepared for them. So the first step is uh, $1,500. Step number two is the debt snowball, true or false. I should pay off the debt with the highest interest rate first to get out of debt quickly. True or false? False. It is false. You should pay off the smallest debt first to create the greatest momentum in your debt snowball. Now, the debt snowball is uh, where you start paying off your credit cards. You, and we're going to have this on the handout. It's going to have a place where you list your debt, uh, uh, the, uh, how much you pay per month, what the interest rate is, and then what we can do for you on our computer. And by the way, our services are free. Uh, we can create a debt snowball where you get to say you're paying, say you owe a uh, uh, hundred dollars on one credit card, and you're paying uh, thirty dollars a month for it. Well, you know, in a little over three months, it's gone. It's gone. So you wiped out one debt. You take that thirty dollars, and you put it to another credit card. And see, but the here the, on the that. that, that the debt snowball, the thing to do is that once you get one paid off, you don't take that $30 and go spend it. You use it to pay debt. And you keep on going. To, and what we, we can tell you on, on, on the program is how long at your current rate that it's going to take you to get out of debt. And from your uh, budget, uh, we can tell whether you can afford to put any more money to your debt. Of course, you guys still gotta you still gotta get this fifteen hundred dollars first. So that's uh, the debt snowball. List debts in order from smallest to largest. Pay off the smallest balance first and move to the next on the list. Don't worry about interest rates unless two, two debts have similar balance. Then go with the higher. Let's look uh, at an example of a credit card danger. Five thousand dollar credit card balance that has eighteen percent interest. Minimum payment, interest plus 1% of the principal. What's the first month's minimum payment? $125 a month. How long will it take to pay this off? 23 years. Doing the minimal. Okay. What will the total interest charges be? Everybody have a guess? You see it down at the bottom, don't you? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, 6000 uh, What is I can't read? $6,193, yeah. So that's the debt snowball. Anybody have any questions on the $1,500 bill? Number one, building up emergency fund of $1,500. If you listen to Dave Ramsey, uh, he makes it sound not exactly easy, but you can do it. Have garage sales. There's lots of ways that you can generate fifteen hundred dollars from the stuff that you have. So you can you convert your stuff into cash. 
Okay, step number three. So we got our debt paid off, okay? We're debt-free, except for our house. Okay, so step three is a long-term emergency plan. So we got a short-term already established. So you're gaining momentum. Save three to six months of living expenses. Three months if you have two incomes. And six months if you have one income or just the extra security. You know, with uh, people losing their jobs these days, you never know when it's going to happen to you. I mean, not because you're not a good worker. It's just because your company may go bankrupt. You know, you just, you don't know. So you need to be prepared so that you don't panic when this happens. So you, uh, uh, and that's what the uh, emergency fund is for, to keep you from panicking, to give you time to find another job, and uh, you can imagine what the rest of that is. So you keep the money liquid, but not necessarily easily accessible. One of the things that we do is uh, we establish emergency accounts for people these long-term, and when they have an emergency, they have to come and ask us for it. So I've got an emergency, and we say, what is it? He tells us, and I need $1,000. We say, okay, now, that's that. I mean, that's the service we offer. Versus you having it in a checking account mixed in with all your other money. It don't last very long. So you need to get it separated out somewhere, where they, you know, in a, where it's in a savings account at the bank that you use, where it's going to another bank, just someplace where you've got it separated that you got to make special effort to go to it when you have an emergency. That's what keeps your emergency fund going there. Keep the money liquid, but not necessarily accessible. Questions on that before we go to uh, step three is a long-term emergency fund. Anybody have any questions on that, the reasons behind it, and, uh, how you get there, you get there with saving? See, you already got debt paid off, so you got money. All the money you were putting towards your debt, you don't, you don't put it there anymore. You, gotta, you, can, you can do this because you've got cash available. Everybody... Understand that? Questions? Okay. Let's go to step four. Step four is saving for retirement. So you've got, uh, you're out of debt, and you've got an emergency fund uh, established, and uh, so now uh, you're getting ready to uh, save for your retirement. Invest 15%. Uh, now, you got it, now you, you've got that money to invest now. Because you're not spending, paying off debt and other things. Invest 15% in, in either a Roth IRA or a pre-tax retirement. Uh, the difference, anybody know the difference between a Roth and a traditional IRA? Know what that is? Yeah, you pay your taxes up front on the Roth before you put the money into the IRA. Then it grows tax deferred and when you take it out you don't pay any taxes versus a traditional IRA where you put money in and you get a 
tax credit when you put it in. And it grows tax deferred. And when you take money out, you pay taxes on everything you take out. So Roth, no taxes when you take it out. Traditional taxes. Especially for younger people, Roth IRAs are the way to go. There's just no doubt about it. So you invest for growth. And we've got an example here. We're going to show you what a difference in a couple percent would make over years. Mutual funds are the most common investments. And you need to get some help to determine the right funds for you. Okay? Now, I know you can't see that. So let me tell you what's up there. And it'll be on your handout, but you can't see it on your handout either. I had to, I had to write it here, so on my little cheat sheets. Uh, this example here, and this is taken off of Dave uh, Ramsey's uh, website. And this shows that a person uh, is investing $200 a month for 20 years. And uh, just for a hypothetical, he makes 9% interest. don't think we can make 9% interest these days, but uh, that's what we use for the example. So uh, he ends up putting in uh, $48,000. Uh, his interest that he makes at 9% is 86000 so at 9%, the money you put in, the interest that you make off of it in um, 20 years is twice what you put in. It's a big deal. It really is. So the future value, that's $134,000. So that's at 9%. Now the next slide is at uh, what would happen if you were very conservative, you never want to lose any money. This is over a 20-year period, by the way. It doesn't say how old the people are, but we take all that into consideration. But this is just to show you what a 3% rate of return we get you versus a 9% over the same period of time. 20 years, uh, $200 a month. If you put in the same amount of money, you uh, have 48000 But instead of getting 86000 in interest, your interest on 3% would be 17 big difference. So you end up with 65000 future value dollars versus 134000 just because of the difference in interest rate between 9 and 3. Now, uh, what's another thing that we do when we talk with people, what's your risk tolerance? Some people, even if you show them this and show 9% and they saw their money going up and down, they wouldn't like it and couldn't sleep at night. Well, they're just going to have to live with three. Well, it is. We just, we, we, we don't try to talk people in to doing stuff that they don't feel like doing. We'll show them the difference, just like I showed you here. But when it comes to uh, our philosophy is this, that our clients have their own objectives, what they want to do and how they want to do it. And our, our job is to make recommendations for them to, that meets, to help them meet their objectives. Now, if uh, they said that, if they said that uh, their objective, this one was to have $150,000 at retirement in 20 years, and they only wanted to put uh, $200 a month in, and uh, we told them, well, to get there, you got to go 9%, and they said, I can't handle that. And I said, well... 
put it in three and get whatever that was, 67. I mean, it's your choice. But when it comes to investments and risks versus uh, uh, rates of return, that uh, people are more cautious today than they have been. And most people think that when they come to investment firms, all that we want to do is take their money and put it in the stock market. That is the furthest thing that we want to do. What we want to do is meet your objectives. Our objective is not to put you in the stock market. Our objective is to make recommendations for you to help you get where you want to go. In some cases, that may be a portion of it in the stock market. some cases, it may not. But anyway, that's the uh, that's our philosophy. It's all about you. It's not about us. It's about you and your objectives and us helping you meet those. Okay. Uh, the next slide on saving for retirement. Now, this this shows you the uh, example of a 25-year-old who saves $300 a month. And I'm going to stop there. Uh, into a Roth IRA making 9% and re until retirement age 65. I won't give you the, the uh, figure there uh, in just a minute, but the first thing I want to say is this. How can a 25-year-old put $300 a month in savings for retirement? Well, the answer is it's tough. I had a 25-year-old daughter who I showed what I'm just going to show you. It still didn't affect her. Does she have $300 a month? Yeah. Does she put it in this? I shouldn't use my own family, but she's not here. <laughs> and she's doing better. You know, she's 31 now. She's pregnant, and, you know, it's just. But this is just an example. When I was 25 years old, I violated all these rules. I went out and bought a car that took up half my income, you know. That's another thing you will see on the handout, the suggested percentages uh, that you be out, should be spending for certain things like automobiles, housing, things like that. that we'll pass that out, and we're going to go over that. So, okay, at age uh, so 25, let's see what she'll have when she's 65. Uh, five years... Uh, what's the first? See, the first one is. Where's the uh, the one million? It didn't show up. Huh. Okay. The uh, the answer. What do you say? It didn't show up. Okay. The answer is how much would a 25 year old uh, making uh, nine nine percent? Until retirement, three hundred dollars. How much would she have? It's one million four hundred fourteen thousand dollars. That's what she would have if she started when she was twenty-five. One million uh, four hundred fourteen thousand dollars. If she waits till she's thirty, five years later, she has eight hundred eighty-nine thousand. So by waiting five years, she's lost a half a million dollars. That's the cost of waiting. That's why we should be encouraging our, our our kids and our grandkids and the young people in the church to just kind of show them the effect that that has when, when they do that. Ten years, it's uh, 
553,015 years, age 40. Uh, three, by, by the way, I was about 40 when I started. Uh, I started, uh, uh, when I first started saving for retirement, it was right after 401Ks came into being. Everybody thinks 401Ks, 401Ks have been around forever. No, nah, they ain't been around forever. I remember when they weren't. I remember the, uh, the old, my dad was a carbider. The carbide savings plan paid off two years, and everybody take all the carbide savings out and go buy a car. Or they go buy something. They wouldn't save. 20 years, age uh, 45, 201, and then if you wait 25 years or if you if you save uh, uh, $30 a month from age 50 to 65, that's 15 years, you end up with 114000 And I always say here, 114000 is better than nothing. It's better to start later than never to start. Okay. So there's your... Uh, those are the module and step number four, saving for retirement. Uh, questions on retirement, saving for retirement. Anybody have any questions? You've got to get 9%. You've got to be in the stock market. So here's the thing that you need to, to – here's another way of looking at the stock market, except it goes up and down and it's risky. When you uh, are investing in the stock market, you are investing in America. This is where their companies get money to run their companies. It's from you and me. And when the companies do well, they reward us for it. When the companies don't do well, they don't reward you. But uh, so when you're investing in, in, in the stock market, you're investing in, you're investing in America. Uh, other questions? Yeah, to get nine percent, you got to be in the stock market. Yeah, yeah, that's too, yeah. But you know, if you would stuck with it, you would have been, been better. You know, as financial advisors, when we have annual reviews with, with people. We have good annual reviews as far as performance, and we have bad, and uh, most of it has to do with when they got in. They got in after 2008 when the market was down. We, they love us. I mean, they think we really did them a good job. Just a matter of timing. One of the things we're doing right now, what my son Matthew does, we're trying to manage these accounts a little bit better to... We're not, we're not making changes. Uh, uh, if you made changes on uh, headlines in the newspaper, you'd be making changes every day. And you know what else? You'd be broke. Because the time you can get in and make changes, things have already... So what we do, we, we use uh, uh, rolling averages. We use, uh, on the SP 500, we use 52-week rolling average and a 10-week. When those lines start coming together, we know it's time to start looking and maybe maybe moving some money, some portion of it. Okay, saving for uh, retirement. Okay, let's look at step number five. This is a step that uh, most parents want to 
They want to do it even before they have an emergency fund for some reason. They want to save for college for the kids. This is step number five. After you've already established your own or working towards establishing your own uh, retirement plan. Take care of your own retirement before saving for your your, uh, child's college. Use uh, college savings plans like the 529s. Invest for growth that outpaces education inflation. Education inflation is 7% now. You can't save enough. It won't grow enough. You're going to love to keep keep pace with the inflation of our education. It just can't do it. So what do you do? You uh, pray. I've never seen a kid yet who wanted to go to college that didn't end up going. They got the money somewhere. God sent it. You know, in, in our own uh, situation with with my uh, my kids, uh, all three of my kids, uh, we decided that when they went away to school, we were going to give them the best chance to succeed that we could. So all three of our kids went to uh, Christian colleges. Uh, I made more money than. I won't say more money than this. I made more money that qualified for financial aid for my kids. And uh, they were good kids. They were smart kids, but they weren't exceptionally smart. I mean, they they were all three good, well-rounded kids. They didn't get any scholarships. So I had to pay for three college educations out of my pocket for all my kids. Somehow, and I don't know how it happened, but God provided they're all three through, and but I, honestly, I'm still paying on one of them. So uh, then I've seen other uh, parents that you know didn't have anything, and their kids were exceptionally smart. They got promised scholarships, and but I've never heard of a case that a, that a kid had to stay home and not go to college who really wanted to go to college uh, because of money. They go to work part-time, and there's lots of different ways to do that. So step number five is saving for college. Uh, step number six, pay off your home early. Okay, you get to college. To, okay, you, you sock money away towards paying off your home early. You always have a free place to live. Having an interest rate reduction when your income tax is overrated, and you'll be totally debt-free. So step number six. Spain off your home early. Step number seven, build wealth. And what? Give. Not that you, and you're going to see on your budget worksheet, not that you haven't been tithing all along, but I'm talking about giving, really giving. So you build wealth and give uh, with no debt and no mortgage. You, you save a lot of money. You pay cash for everything. You leave an inheritance. We talked about that some. Uh, you bless others with your uh, good fortune. And by the way, you know, I called all three of my kids. My, my wife and I did our, uh, uh, to just tell you what we did personally, what we prayed about and, and we're doing, is that uh, when we wrote out our will, Half of the money was 
that's going to be left is going to go for kingdom purposes. And uh, the three kids are going to decide what the kingdom purposes are because they know our heart. Uh, the church that I go to right now, it may not even be there when my wife and I are gone. We, we don't know. So you can't put in your will. I want it to go to Tabernacle. Well, you can, but Tabernacle Praise uh, depends on how old you are. I mean, if you're 92 years old, it's you can <laughs> It would be a good thing to do, but uh, at our age, it's really not. So half of it goes to our kids, and uh, the other half goes to kingdom purposes. It's got three kids, so. so that's the way we did ours. Okay, uh, you bless others with your good fortune. Oh, the B word, here we go. We're getting down to some actual uh, some work here in a second. True or false, I don't have time to work on a budget. It's false. You don't have time not to make a budget. Okay, uh, let's review this briefly. The B word, you spend every dime on paper before the month begins. You give three or four months to refine it. In other words, you... You just can't say, well, yeah, I don't know how much I spend on it. I, you know, that doesn't come about every month. That, well, that's why it takes three or four months to, to establish a good budget, something that you're continually refining, continually working on. Uh, you overfund your groceries and eating out category. Most people underfund that category. The way I do my eating out, I give myself an allowance uh, twice a month, and I put it in an envelope, and when it's gone, I don't eat out anymore. I got peanut butter in the office. And just don't go out. I eat most of my lunches in, inside in the office anyway. But uh, it's a good way to control your. If you're overspending in any area, a good way to control that is just to have an envelope system, put cash in it when it's gone. Quit spending. You can even do it for groceries. Say, how can I not buy groceries? Well, you learn how to do it wisely. The budget's, purpose, the budget's purpose, purpose isn't to be used as a whipping tool on your spouse. So you have to do it together. If married spouses need to, to do the budget together, it's a team effort. Okay, questions on that? I'm, I'm ready to hand some budget worksheets out. Give uh, yeah one of these to every couple. Just one to a couple. Got somebody can help on this side over here. Each couple. Yeah. Uh, I think we've got enough. We'll come back. I think we got enough for two for every couple. It's kind of hard to. Okay, we're going to spend uh, the 
next few minutes. Well, we got to about how, how, how late we, did we go? Seven fifteen? Seven? I mean, eight fifteen, eight thirty tonight. Yeah, okay. Because this, what we're going over right now, is very, very important. Uh, any couple would like to have two? You can raise your hand, and we got plenty left over there in the back. Yeah, they want two down here. Want two over there. Okay, and I have uh, pencils down here. We'll need to pass out pencils here in a minute anyway, but uh, everybody got something to write with? If you don't have something to write with, we'll get you something right now. Okay, taking inventory. Budgeting, assets, liabilities, and debt listing. Fill in the blank just like you did last week, a uh, few people fail to what? Few, no, I've already given it away. Few people plan to fail. Far too many, however, fail to plan. Yeah. Proverbs uh, 7.23 says, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. The following worksheets are provided to assist you in taking inventory of your income, your expenses, your assets, your liabilities, and your debts. Please feel free to reproduce them or call my office for additional uh, copies. All right, let's turn over to the next page. Annual spending plan. Everybody got your annual spending plan? Now we learn from here this may take uh, uh, three to four months to actually get it fine-tuned, as you know and experience, but you see on the upper line is your income, your salary or pension, your interest, your dividends, your rental income, all other income. So you put all of your income uh, above the line there, total income. What I normally suggest there is that is that your spendable income, in other words, uh, uh, don't count your 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 gross that you get every year, every year or every month, but actually what you end up that you can use spending for the things that are on the outlays. Okay, so uh, anybody que- have any questions on the income? That's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, uh, outlays. What's the first thing there? How much is tithe? Ten percent. I did uh, one of these seminars uh, recently, and after the biblical stewardship, uh, one of the people from the congregation came up to the pastor and said, I've never tithed before, but but after tonight, I'm going to start. Should I do it on the gross or the net? And the pastor said, what do you want to get blessed on? So the first is uh, tithe, your taxes. As I say, if you're already taking your taxes out on your net up over there, you don't need to put that. Your mortgage or your rent. Uh, I had a guy come in the office today, and he already done his homework, and uh, he wanted, we went over this sheet with him. And he gave me the numbers, and I filled them in. I said, is that it? He said, yeah. And so then I went back, and then I looked where I had blanks. And so I said, well, what about, uh, I don't forgive it. Anyway, there were three or four things that he hadn't uh, 
thought about. He thought he had everything. He'd gone through his checkbook and he had all the answers and everything, but he didn't have all the answers. This is one thing that this helps you do. It's not that there's everything here, but it'll make you stop and think about most everything. Your mortgage, your rent, your utilities, your installment loans, uh, your property. Now, your, your installment loans, you ought to, now you're not out of debt yet, okay? So you want to have some debt on here and what your payment's going to be. Uh, your insurance, uh, auto, home, liability, life and health, health and disability, other fixed payments. So everything above the uh, line right here is all fixed, which means they're the same every month. They're fixed. They're not variable. Everything below you, so when you look at your budget, you know that those are fixed. Nothing you can do about them. But the, everything else on here is variable. Your groceries. Uh, your food and other, uh, you know, I really think that, you know, sometimes I kind of fantasize about if I was on my own, how much do I think that I could, it would take me to live? And I said, well, how much does cereal cost? How much does peanut butter cost? Uh, anyway, I decided that I could live on a lot less. I wouldn't be eating nearly as good, but just for nutritional purposes I could do that uh, food eating out man you talking about a place where you need an envelope in today's society is anybody here that doesn't ever eat out you can really overspend it not only that it's not really that good for you uh, eating out revolving credit card payments your auto maintenance, oil and gas repairs, uh, your clothes, medical expenses. And, you know, here's something that's a variable you cannot predict. Uh, they may be uh, $10 a month uh, this year, and they may be $100 a month next year. That's why your budget is a continuing, ongoing thing. Uh, child care, uh, business expenses if you're in a business, charitable contributions. This is other than your tithe. Other things that you give to. Uh, the guy that was in the office today, besides his tithe, he gives to the food pantry. And the guy can hardly make it, but he still gives. And this is what God's called me to do. I'm just giving. God's called me to give to the food pantry for the poor, people who can't afford their food. Repairs, replacements, entertainment, including subscriptions, vacations. Most people... Don't ever plan for the vacations. They just go. How they afford to go, they put it on a credit card. And then they spend all next year trying to pay it off. Home improvement expenses, uh, personal gifts, holidays expenses. Uh, this is a big expense in our house. People get married. You know, it all depends on the more friends you have, the more expensive this is. Educational expenses, pet expenses. You know, pets are uh, their prized possessions for a lot of people. Some people can't afford pets. This guy was spending $200 a month on, on his pets. And he had $200 a month to spend on pets. But he loves his pets. And he's, he'll sacrifice something else before he will $200. Now, my wife and I have been without pets now for 
the last seven years, it's the best seven years of our lives. Amen. Now, we had dogs the whole time. Our kids were growing up, I mean, dog after dog, and pets, we loved pets, and they loved them more before you have kids, and you know, all that kind of stuff, but we've been seven years without them. And short-term savings and long-term savings and others. So you get your outlay and uh, you subtract that from your income to see whether you have a surplus or deficit. Kind of simple. It's not easy, but it's kind of simple. Anybody have any questions on that page? Okay. Next page are percentage guidelines. Once you do your budget, this just gives you a snapshot of where you are uh, According to one person's, and this was, uh, who was it did this? Larry Briquette, I think, did this years ago. He's been dead for several years. But anyway, this came out of some of his publications. But anyway, you see your outlays there uh, for housing and expenses. They recommend uh, 30%, food 11 automobile 13 insurance 5 you know, you can debt 5 uh, of course, when you got it paid off, you can put that someplace else. Entertainment, clothing, medical, dental, school care, uh, savings, investments. Uh, the most important thing you need to know about this is that you only got 100%. So if you go over the percentages in one area, you have to go under in another. Or what happens? You're in a deficit. You're losing money every month that somehow you're going to have to make up. But those are percentage guidelines. That I think they're really good for, once again, young people. Not that I'm hitting on young people, but, man, if you should. It's up to top. See the family gross income, 75000 Tithe seven thousand five hundred, taxes fifteen, so it gives you fifty two thousand. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because this is what you're living off of. Okay, you're not the taxes you got to pay, and the, your tithe you pay, and this is yeah, this is the balance. Any questions on that? That's a good question. Somebody else may have. Add that too. Okay, next page. Assets and liabilities. How much you have in your checking account, your savings, your CDs, your stocks, your bonds, your mutual funds, your annuities, your retirement funds, your IRAs, your retirement funds for employers, uh, business uh, interest or partnerships, your life insurance cash values, your collectibles, your automobile, your personal property, your investment real estate, your res residence, your others. So these are the assets that you have. So you list those. Then you go down and list the liabilities. Your credit cards, charge cards, auto loans, installment loans, bank loans, student loans, and money owed relatives, business loans, estate, uh, real estate mortgages, and other, and liabilities. So when you subtract your uh, liabilities from your assets, you come up with your net worth. Now, hopefully, everybody's on the plus side. Yeah. Questions on assets and liabilities? 
I say, oh, this is pretty straightforward, but you know what? It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work for families to sit down and go over this and get all down on paper to, to know where you are. But it's the first step in getting through the seven steps. Can't get through the seven steps without this. Now, the last page is your debt inventory. This is where we do the debt snowball for you. This is in uh, step two. You put your creditor, the balance, the payment, and the interest rate. And when you list those down there, uh, then we take that list and put it in our computer. And we can tell you uh, not only when your debt's going to be paid off, but, for instance, if you could do another $100 a month, when it would be paid off with $100 a month. For 200 when it would be paid off with 200 So anyway, so then you fill this out, and you've got a real good picture of where you are and uh, where you want to be. Any questions on the inventory? It's a big job. One of the things when people come to our office, and a lot of times we give them the homework, and uh, we say this, we haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. It's okay to give you a call. But just by saying that, it kind of holds them accountable. They'll know they can't come in and get all this stuff and say, it's not worth it. Just can't do it. So we help people by holding them accountable. Uh, if they haven't done their homework after uh, two weeks, I put it on up. We have a computerized system. Contact them again in a month. I'm not going to bug them. Haven't done it in a month? One more time. Three months. I'll call them. Haven't done it then? Then probably not going to do it unless they have some life changing event. They have some life changing event then they've been through all this seminar and they know who we are and what we do and we may be able to help them. We couldn't do their budget but you know we could help them with some other things. Okay, what else? Establish a will. Without the courts, without it, the courts decide uh, what to do with your estate. If you have minor children, it is a necessity. Use a local attorney that you can trust or ask for a reference. So establish a will. Everybody in here have a will? You know, they have wills, especially if you've got kids. Especially if you've got kids and if you've got life insurance and you have money. It's a funny thing that money does to families when people are gone. Uh, it's tragic. It happens. That's why you've got to have a will to provide so that you avoid this. Uh, make sure that uh, you uh, know where your parents' wills are. Parents pass on. Well, I thought it was in the hall closet, or I thought it was here, or there. You know, and end up not finding a will, although they have one. Can't find it. Just like not having one. Uh, also, have wills stolen after parents pass. One kid comes in from out of town, and Two days later, the will's gone. Well, I thought I knew exactly where it was. It's gone. So that's why I need locked up in the safe as possible. Questions or comments on wills? Yes. Do you have to record them at the courthouse? No. 
we always strongly recommend that uh, you do it with an attorney. Not, you know, they don't cost that much, depending on uh, how complicated they are, two to five hundred dollars. But the thing that it does, it it lends credibility. Is that if there's ever a uh, question about, of course, it's legal for uh, a pastor to sit down there right now and write out a will and have me witness it, and that's a legal document. But I'd still rather have my wills written by an attorney. So if there ever is any problems, I go to my attorney, and it's something better. I just, it's just better to do it that way. Okay. Uh, there's one other thing, estate planning. Can we go back one? I think it was one other one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, the next one there at the bottom. Prepare for premature death. I can't emphasize this one too much, especially for young families. Life insurance doesn't cost much. You can get 20-year level terms dirt cheap to uh, uh, cover you in case of a premature death so that your family, you know, three, th three things happen when you have a, a death. You have a death uh, of, a, uh, of a spouse and you have a death of a father which is a pastor and then you uh, have the death of an income. You can control what happens on number three. I mean, he can provide income for his family right now in, in the event of his premature death. But the spouse will be gone, the father will be gone, but he has left uh, 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 money to take care of his family in the event of his premature death. So I can't stress the life insurance uh, too much. Uh, use life insurance to replace income. Uh, don't depend on the government. Okay, now to the next one. What else? What's next? Okay, we're winding down. Where are you on the seven steps? Create your budget on paper. Get the snowball rolling. Use the envelope system if necessary. Get some help or a second opinion. And last, before you leave, I would like you to complete a survey and return it before you leave. And here's the survey. I passed one of these out last week, but, you know, if you're like any other group, you didn't bring it back with you tonight. So uh, here's what I'd like to have, like you to do. This is the, uh, we got pencils up here. Everybody has a pencil, though, right? We asked that early on. Uh, this is relatively simple. It won't take you more than three minutes to fill this out. Print your name and your birthday. You say, why do you want my birthdays? Well, one of my big ministries 
in this business is I call everybody on their birthday. And I pray God's blessing on them. So even if you don't want anything else, put your name and your telephone number and your birthday on there, and you'll get a call from someone other than somebody in this church or your family. Be a surprise. Is it coming up? If you want me to do, just in the comments, it, call me and wish me a bladed happy birthday. Okay, your uh, spouse's name, your address, your city, state, zip code, your phone, your daytime phone, and your evening phone, and your email. We don't email much, but uh, we do some probably about monthly. Now, that's the... Uh, uh, that's the, uh, the fixed part. Now, the report card. We'd like to know uh, from tonight and the other night what you thought of this presentation. How would you rate uh, today's and, and last week's presentation? Circle one of them. You know, we, we're kind of humorous. We put off one there just to put that in there. Uh, decent, outstanding, a waste of time, useful, very useful. And how would you rate today's overall program? presentation versus the overall which is the slides and, and all that and especially Tim and Julie last week uh, how would you rate that how can we improve uh, presentations in the future uh, comments like I think you should have done the seven steps first and done the biblical stewardship second that just works better for me because I'm a more, more of a hands on nuts and bolts person and tell me what to do, and then you tell me why I ought to do it afterwards. That was one of the comments. So how can we improve the presentations? And last, uh, I'm interested in the following. A free one-hour consultation. Anything that we talk about now that you would you need to come in and have further uh, explanation on, uh, we'd be glad to do that for you. Our office, by the way, is uh, in, uh, it's, uh, in, in Taze Valley in Chase Park, which is 10 minutes from here, so, so we're local. Uh, if you want more in, in, in information on biblical responsible investing, by the way, I have some handouts up here that I'm not going to hand them out to everyone just because I don't know how many I have. But on biblical responsible, uh, biblical responsible investing, we've got a thing which we call the Hall of Shame, which has uh, uh, the top 40 companies that we do not invest in and the reasons why we don't. So these are up here if you want to come up afterwards and just get one of these. These are, these are free. Uh, the first one in alphabetical order, Aetna, and the last one is Wells Fargo. Biblical Responsible Investing, emails on financial topics, Biblical Stewardship Seminar. In other words, you've got the, 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 the short version. Last, if, you, if you want the long version, you know, I come out and do those and your personal economy seminar. This seven steps that we did here, we also go out to uh, small businesses or any groups. They don't have to be church groups. We go out because everybody needs the seven steps. And, uh, but when we give them, we give them from uh, the Holy Spirit's unction and, and guidance when we go out to these companies and do that. Um, And that's it. That's it on the uh, report card. Okay. Uh, 
everybody looks like they're, they're writing. The next one, questions. Oh, thank you for Matthew Young. That's my son. That's how I say normally gives this. We like to give it the little one-two punch, you know, the old and the young. Uh, questions. I have any questions on anything tonight, last night, or last Wednesday night? Biblical stewardship, the seven steps, it's 8.30. I'm ready to quit if you're all ready to quit. If you will, uh, one of you ushers, if you'd be in the back to collect those uh, evaluation forms, somebody be back there to collect those. And Pastor, you want to close us? sure to uh, take advantage of Brother John and the things that he has uh, made available to us. All right. Let me uh, just, uh, our ushers, prepare to wait upon us tonight for your giving, and I'll give you that opportunity tonight before we leave. On Sunday, we're looking forward to a great day on Sunday, right? And then uh, next, on, on Monday night through Friday night, we'll be having the Bible school here at the church and so uh, as you can see they're getting the city set up and uh, looking good and uh, so they're going to have all kinds of great things going on and uh, you'll want to be a part of that I'm sure so uh, it's not only a blessing to the kids but it's a blessing to the whole family and uh, this month we're focusing on families and that's the reason for our stewardship on last night and tonight then next week we'll be focusing again on the family of, uh, we would call it a family revival, but um, people are not familiar with that terminology, so we still call it a VBS, uh, but it's a great time for the whole family, right? All right, so uh, thank you for being faithful and committed to the vision of this house. Father, accept our thanks tonight for your gift, and uh, God, we thank you tonight for this opportunity to uh, just get our house in order.